1: On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance.
0: X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American
2: Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. Walters. Walters.
1: Fighting for your rights. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today. And. Every day in the Car Firearms Group Studios on this huge monster cast weekend broadcast, hundreds of radio stations tuned in. Knoxville, Altoona, Pennsylvania, State College, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to be in, having you in the house with us here on the six-hour microphone. All of it brought to you and presented every day by the Great X Insurance. Greg Dunn in Dallas, Texas. How you doing, my brother from another mother? I am doing pretty good. Please tell people where to watch the show live if they want to catch us in 4K.
3: Not while they're driving. Yeah, definitely don't do it. While you are driving, head on over to armedamericanradio.org. In the top right-hand corner, you're going to see three little hash marks. Just give that a click, and when that window pops open, select the watch live option. Maybe you are driving or you're doing something else around the house you'd rather listen. Well, just click the listen live link right above that. Uh, when you see, when you click that link, you'll see two subsequent links pop open. One's going to be for the Daily Defense Monday through Friday show. The other is for this program right here, the Sunday Monster Cast. And maybe you've missed the program and you want to get caught up. Well, we've got a podcast link right above the Listen Live. Head over there and catch up on any program you may have missed. If you're a big fan of the show and you want to support some merch, we've got a shop link down at the bottom of all of these links. Head over there and pick yourself something out. And lastly, if you want to join our live chat, which is live six days a week, Monday or Sunday through Friday, head on over to your messaging, or your messaging app, your app store, and grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and just search for Armed American Radio Conversation. This is the roundtable. Thank you for that, Greg. Appreciate it very much. This is the classic
1: roundtable, and we've got the crew here, the original crew, over the last few years. Let's we'll start out with Justin Moon, CEO of Car Arms. This is the Car Firearms Group Studio. Justin, how are you? Welcome back from Vegas, or are you still there? No, I'm not in Vegas. I'm in Tennessee, Mark. In Tennessee? You're getting home. You're you're almost there. I'm so, almost up. You've been gone a long time. We'll talk to you very briefly. I want to go to you first about shot in just a moment. Brad Primo, CEO of Ledslinger's Whiskey, if you're watching the show, you can thank Daniel Defense and Ledslinger's Whiskey. Brad, CEO of Ledslinger's, how you doing, my brother? Doing great, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and I appreciate you being here. It's going to be a lively conversation as always. Neil McCabe from Parts Unknown. We want to thank One American News for allowing Neil McCabe to jump in here with us. Neil, how the heck are you, my friend? Hey, fantastic, guys. I I do want to tell you, uh, the other day
4: I was driving around with my wife, and uh, we saw a farmer on his phone. Uh, He was driving a tractor, and he was texting. But um, you know what? I always give the the farmers the benefit of the doubt, so I'm going to give him a hall pass on that. He wasn't going all that
1: fast. He was probably listening and texting about Armed American (laughs) Radio, so we'll definitely give him a pass. I always give, always uh, give the farmers a break. Farmers get a break. Always get a break. Justin Moon, CEO of Car Arms. Before we get this party started, you were at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show with me. Always great to see you and give you a big hug and shake your paw. What was your takeaway as the CEO of a major manufacturer at this year's largest gathering of the firearms industry? Let's compare it to last year, which was COVID-riddled. We know that. it was really not a fair assessment. But go back to pre 19 what did you think? What was your takeaway of the show this year, Justin?
5: It, it, it came back. It was like 80% of what it, what it used to be before COVID. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that because I was quite secure at last year's SHOT Show.
1: Uh, I was, too. I, I, I absolutely was. You know, Stephen Gutowski was on the program with us in the previous hour, and he mentioned and did point out that you have Caesars Forum over there now. I never even made it over there. That's how big this thing is now with the new additions that they've put on. But I, I'm with you. I think it was about 80 percent. And Stephen gave us a number of about 55,000 to 56,000 people that he had heard at the reload reported from NSSF, and that would put it at about 80 percent of normal. Brad Primo, I know you didn't didn't get a chance to head over to the show but I want to tell you that everything started that the show was great this year while not quite as big so I'm going to start with you Brad the Washington Post handed me this during the break they put this piece out just a few minutes ago California's strict gun laws don't eliminate violence but they have helped now <laughs> Can you show me, Brad, where they've helped when they don't eliminate violence, which is what they tell you that their gun control is designed to do? And, of course, this is talking about, no doubt, what happened in Monterey. And we now know that it was not a quote-unquote assault weapon, or we would already know that by now. Brad, help me out here. How does California strict gun laws, which don't eliminate violence, help
6: I mean, it only people that it helps, or uh, is the state trying to increase its power over the people? I mean, um, you know, there's there's parts of, of California, uh, you know, Democrat-controlled cities that are, you know, just urban hellscapes full of, of violence and poverty and every other, uh, you know, horrible thing you can think of. It seems to set up shop in, in California and flourish. So, I, you know. Washington Post trying to carry the water for their their fellow commies over there on the West Coast. But, you know, anybody with common sense can just look at what's going on in that state and know that those gun laws aren't doing anything to keep
1: anybody safe. Well, you better believe that. Neil McCabe, take a listen to this from the Washington Post. It's home to mandatory waiting periods and background checks for firearm purchases. It bans so-called military-style assault weapons, one of just eight states plus D.C. with such a law. And in 2016, it became one of the first states to pass a red flag law, which allows authorities to remove firearms, that means confiscate, ladies and gentlemen, from someone believed to be a danger to themselves or others. That means it's their decision and you can't fight it. California's patchwork of gun laws has been judged the strongest in the nation by the gun control advocacy group Giffords, but Saturday night's horrific mass killing at a Monterey Park dance hall shows how the state's strict gun laws are incapable of fully preventing gun violence in a country where gun ownership is widely considered a constitutionally protected right. Firearms move freely between states with vastly different regulations, and gun control measures are dotted with exceptions. Neil widely considered a constitutionally protected right. Go, go ahead, man. You're laughing too. Like well, no, I, it's like I have...
4: You know, I have this little notepad. Uh, you know, as I as I jot things down as the show goes on, and I was just before you said it, I wrote "widely considered."
1: So what was your first clue? Okay, well, let's talk about the fact that they say it's widely considered. It's either a constitutional right or it's not. It's not widely considered. It's actually written into our Bill yeah. of Rights. Is it me missing something? It's more, yeah. Our best guess—it's ridiculous.
4: Well, it, it, but you know, you know. It, also on social media, I have to say that, that you know the, the, the way the left jumps on these things to exploit it. It's—we saw the sick, same behavior. You know, during COVID, that they just had so much joy when someone—they found out that someone unvaccinated died from COVID. They just had like a victory dance on the grave, and the way the way they jump all over this thing, this is a terrible, horrible tragedy. Ten killed, ten injured. They've, they've done everything possible to disarm the responsible Californians who could have done something to stop this. And, 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 then, they, and, then, and then they turn around and, and blame us. It's
1: crazy. It's cray cray, as the young people say. Cray cray, yeah. That's that's the. uh, Let me say, put it this way, listeners, I Y K Y K, right? That's what cray cray means. If you know, you know. Justin Moon, I'll take you to the break with us. According to the Washington Post, we we have a widely considered constitutionally protected right. Take it away, Justin.
5: Well, you know, Mark. uh, Gun control in California is like uh, the the COVID vaccine is the COVID-19. If you get the COVID vaccine, you're more likely to get COVID-19 and more likely to be hospitalized and more likely to die.
1: (laughs) And and Justin and I had a great conversation at the car booth talking about the, the term that he put out there, I guess, Greg, a few weeks ago when he said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm a conspiracy realist. And we were and it, here. We are yet again. Every single one of those conspiracy theories have, in fact, been proven true. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue the conversation here. Buckle in. The roundtable moves faster than the other hours of Armed American Radio, simply because we have three people at the table with me. And it's always fun. Who knows where we're going to go? But I can promise you this. It's going to be the remainder of this hour. The next three segments are going to be flat out fantastic. Armed American Radio's monster cast continues in the Car Firearms Group studios on the Sig Sauer mic. All of it presented today and every day by X Insurance and all of our fine partners. Go out of your way to support our partners and you will likely be hearing from some new ones coming up in a matter of the next few weeks as well. Armed American Radio will be back right after this break. Don't go away.
8: we As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers.
2: Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach Virginia supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters.
1: Now back to Mark Walters that would be me here in the Car Firearms Group studios on the 6 Sauer microphone filling your prescription for freedom today and every day. All of it brought to you and presented to you proudly by X Insurance. Great group of people had a wonderful time with them and carr and others, and Daniel Defense, at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show all last week. Guys, we're going to go now to Alec Baldwin. This guy has been a topic of our discussion now for a year. And, Brad, I'm going to go to you. And I, I just closed out the previous segment with uh, Justin. Justin, we'll wrap up Alec Baldwin with you in just a couple of moments. Brad, let me start with you. The DA has announced charges in New Mexico. Two counts of involuntary manslaughter. he's not. I guess there's not been an arrest yet, but we know that's what the charge is going to be. Alec Baldwin is still denying pulling the trigger, even though we know Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger, even though the FBI knows he pulled the trigger, even though the state and the sheriff's office knows he pulled the trigger. And unfortunately, the dead woman's family knows he pulled the trigger because of that. Brad, are you surprised by the charges in any way and I want all of your thoughts on this. Let's go in. Let's go into the weeds on this. This is quite a fascinating topic, Brad. I'll start with you.
6: I, you know, I'm not surprised he's been charged. In the sense that, you know, that's what should have happened. And it's pretty clear that's what it should have happened from the get go. Um, I am, uh, I say, pleasantly surprised. And, and actually, I kind of assumed that nothing was going to happen to him. Uh, because, you know, he is a reliable leftist. You know, he's going to have a lot of people closing ranks to protect him. He's got money and, you know, he's going to flex some of that uh, white privilege that he rails against uh, to to try to get out of this. Um, You know, but if you think about it, whether he pulled the trigger or not, which obviously he did, um, the fact of the matter is he pointed a gun at somebody. Uh, It was not, uh, as I understand, it was not during an actual scene. They weren't actually conducting, you know, filming the movie or anything. Uh, he just went and picked this gun up off a table and was apparently messing around, uh, whether he wants to call it practicing for the scene or whatever. Uh, but he pointed that gun at somebody and he fired it. Uh, it's a pretty clear case of, you know, the, the use of the standard for involuntary manslaughter involves, you know, a high degree of recklessness and doing something that you knew or should have known to kill somebody. And it's pretty clear that, you know, that he could have killed somebody. I mean, um, and he did kill somebody. This this is a man. Uh, I'm kind of waiting to find out what he has to say because I, I can't believe there's not going to be some sort of temper tantrum from him because he's well known for that. I mean, this is a dude that uh, we've all heard the recording years ago of him calling his own daughter a pig. You know, right. what kind of man? What kind of man talks to his daughter that way? Um, so I'll be interested to see how he behaves and, and what his reaction is going to be. But I think this is richly deserved, and um, you know, hopefully justice will be served, and he's going to have to pay for this one way or the other.
1: Neil McKay, your thoughts on this. And at some point here during this conversation, I'm going to play some devil's advocate because it's kind of fun to do so. And it does raise some questions, but we'll hold on to that for just a minute. Neil, your thoughts on what you heard and on the question about Alec Baldwin.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I, I also am pleasantly surprised that, uh, that Baldwin was charged. Uh, I want to make, I'll make three quick points. One, that the theme of this movie is about a guy or a plot is about the Baldwin character. Trying to uh, save his teenage grandson from uh, you know from being hanged for accidentally killing a rancher right so interesting uh, number two uh, you know, involuntary manslaughter is not murder one it 's not like lying in wait we 're not saying he plotted to kill these people, but right. the law recognizes that if people are reckless or negligent, they should be held accountable. They're, it's not a free play when you kill somebody and you, and you, you had a role in that where, where you had some cognizance. And of course, the third thing is, you know, he's saying, hey, I'm just an actor. Someone handed me a gun and I pointed the gun and it went off. He was also one of the producers. And as as someone who had a financial equity interest in this, in this mm-hmm. film, he knew that there was fun games going on. He knew there was target practice. He knew there were live rounds on that set. And so the idea that he was just some guy who wandered in to this completely unaware, well, why is he a
1: producer and why does he
4: have an equity position in this film?
1: Yeah, It's interesting, Justin, Neil brings up a great point in that it, there are some attorneys I've heard talking about this, reputable attorneys. Uh, One or two that I've had private conversations with, not the pundits that you see on TV, that will say he does have a strong defense in that aspect. In other words, this is the procedure on the set, and I was following the procedure on the set. That doesn't make the procedure on the set right. That's like saying New York's law was constitutional barring people from carrying guns without showing good cause simply because it had been on the books for a 100 years. That doesn't make it right. Clearly, something was wrong. Your thoughts on Alec Baldwin? Yeah,
5: I mean, I'm just glad that he, you know, he was in a red state because if he wasn't a blue state, we wouldn't get any justice. So, hey, maybe there's still justice in the U.S. if you're in a red state. That's all I got to say about Alex Baldwin.
1: Do you think that he's going to do any time? Do you think there's going to be what a conviction might look like? What what do you think is going to wind up happening here? The the case fascinates me for a lot of different reasons. Justin, what do you think will happen here?
5: I think he'll get less than. than
1: Say that again. You broke up just a a little bit. You said you think he'll get less than what?
5: I think he'll get 12 to 18.
1: Uh, Interesting. That's interesting. Brad, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with
6: Justin there. Like, he, if he gets convicted, he'll probably get sentenced to something like 18 months. Now, the, I think the interesting thing to me, though, is if he may get, you know, 18 months, they will probably uh, spend a lot of whatever. But there's a I think there's a good chance he could end up doing something like 60 or 90 days in the county jail, uh, which for some people that's nothing. But for someone like Alec Baldwin, his soft hands, uh, that's going to be a long time for him to serve and eat in jail food. He's not going to like it.
1: Oh, there's no question about it. Neil, do you think he gets convicted here? What kind of punishment do you think will be meted out? Because he is facing right now up to five years on the manslaughter up to 18 months. But on the secondary charge on the reckless gun handling, I believe it is. And I don't hold me to that. I'm not clear on that charge. But that second charge carries up to five years. Combined with the manslaughter. So he could be looking at five. Do you you think he does time on this with a conviction or does he get convicted?
4: Yeah, Yeah, I I think he does time. And, uh, you know, he has very good lawyers and they'll be able to work something out. You know, and then remember after the conviction, that's when everybody can line up for the lawsuit. You know, they have to put, you know, the cart before the horse or the higher horse before the cart before the whatever. The horse and the cart have to be in the right order. And uh, and so, you know, He's got a lot of money and there's a lot of there's some producers on the line. Is it in the interest of the family to get this film completed? Um, you know, it, you know, who knows if, you know, if he if he's in jail less than a year, they can probably finish this film. Uh, if not, um, you know, it's but basically the family of the deceased. They basically get the film. It's interesting. Maybe I'm right or wrong, but I thought I read that uh, he was not charge with shooting the director.
1: Like guys, yeah, it's, so the there guy were who, two counts. Neil, let me stop you there because we're going to take a break. When we come yeah. back, I want, to look, I want to look into that a little bit. I know where you're going with that, and I find that interesting as well. And, again, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here when we come back on the Alec Baldwin deal. I, 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 th- th- it fascinates me based on the two charges of involuntary manslaughter. One individual was killed it's interesting how they charged. Armed American Radio's monster cast will be back. Two more segments coming up from the Car Firearms Group studios on the Six Hour Mic, all brought to you by X-Insurance, Daniel
9: Defense, and Lead Slingers on the videos. We'll be right back. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday night special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them, it's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012.
1: segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back indeed. Mark Walters here filming your prescription for freedom in the Car Firearms Group Studios on a six-hour mic. All brought to you by X-Insurance. Please go out of your way to visit all of our partners. All of our partners. As I mentioned before, I'm wearing the MyPillow slippers. And there's been a price increase on those slippers, but you use that promo code AAR, you still get a great deal and save over 90 bucks. And I am literally wearing them now. I was wearing them on the daily broadcast last week, and I grabbed one and picked it up and held them. I'm going to ask you to trust me. I'm putting them up in front of the camera, but I am wearing them. They're incredibly comfortable. Support Mike Lindell. He supports the right to bear arms, and that's what this program is about, the right to bear arms. Mike Lundell has supported this program and the great group over at My Pillow for many, many years, the better part of a decade. It's hard to believe. Time flies, but it's real simple. Anytime you see a product that you would like from My Pillow, simply use the promo code AAR no matter where you see it. Put it in there, and it says, hey, thank you for supporting Armed American Radio. Thanks for supporting Mark. Thanks for supporting my rights. Thanks for supporting the Second Amendment. It's real simple to do. AAR is the promo code. Take advantage of all the discounts and show the support for them supporting Armed American Radio. We'll talk about more of our partners coming up. Remember that all of this is brought to you today and every day by X Insurance. Greg, down in Dallas, Texas, you and I were talking a little bit during the break. So I want to throw this out to the guys on the panel. I said I was going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. But uh, And I'm going to go, Brad, to you. Well, let me go back to Neil. Neil, welcome back in. Uh, we got cut off by the break there. But I believe that you're going to see a lot of Hollywood. Here's the devil's advocate part here. Come to his defense. I think you will see that in the form of big-name producers, big-name actors, actresses, etc. Now, I could be wrong about that. But they're all going to say this is procedure on a set. He had every right, every ability, or, or, or to to be able to trust. He was supposed to trust. That's the way it's done. What's going into that gun? The way it was handed to him as a cold gun. That this is standard procedure. I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it. As I use that analogy, it's like the New York law. Just because it's been in effect for a hundred years, doesn't make it constitutional, and certainly doesn't make yeah, it yeah, right. No, and as Brad pointed out, on, we I'm all know. Oh, and Mark? Okay, hold it. This guy did not intend to kill somebody, but I think you're going to see that defense, and it could be effective? I don't know. Go ahead, Neil.
4: No, but he's a producer on this film. He has management Correct. responsibilities, and he's, he's an, he has an equity stake in, the film. stake in the film. So he's not just some guy who reads the script. He's actually in charge. He has a leadership responsibility for running that set and for this film. And so that's what makes it different. And then I'll, uh, I'll let you continue. Sorry to barge in.
1: No, no, I think, I think you're right about that. Justin, let me go to you, and then we'll take it over to Brad. Justin, his undoing is going to be the fact that he was running his mouth to george stephanopoulos he spoke to law enforcement for hours with no attorney present and he lied he lied in front of that camera when he flat out said he didn't pull that trigger to me that's his undoing that's what gets him time i'd just like your thoughts on that
5: well yeah, well you know I, I would i would tend to agree with, agree with you mark i mean he's gonna make every single defense possible And, I I mean, if he wasn't a blue state, he probably would get away with it. But I think in in a red state, he's still going to end up getting time. And, uh, you know, he he basically is the producer on the set. He owns the movie. He has the responsibility. I think he's going to have a hard time getting out of jail time 100%. I mean, they may sentence him to 12 to 18, and he may serve 60 days.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know. Again, we're all speculating. You're absolutely correct about that. We have no way of knowing until it plays out. Brad Primo, CEO, Lead Slingers, that defense is going to be invoked. There's no doubt about it. But, again, his undoing is going to be him running his gator, I think, and the fact that he did it in such an obnoxious way and clearly lied about what he did. That's going to be his undoing. And let's face facts, guys. We don't know what else they know nor are we supposed to right now until this thing goes to court, much like what we're seeing in Idaho. Brad, take it away.
6: Yeah, I, actually, I was about to say that. I think that there's pretty good, pretty strong indications that you know, the DA uh, has uncovered something uh, that, that we don't know, and it's compelling enough. Because, I mean, if if this was maybe as clear-cut as we think, or if, if you know, because we don't really have any more information what we had when it happened, and yet it took all this time to charge them, um, I can think of a few reasons why it might, might have taken that long. I mean, you're, it's a high-profile case, high-profile defendant. I'm sure they're wanting to make sure all their T's are crossed and the I's are dotted just right um, because they know they're going to have a, a pretty big fight on their hands, both on the PR side and in the courtroom. Um, but I do feel like that there's probably some, some pretty strong information that we don't know uh, that definitely uh, you know points to, to Alex Baldwin's culpability in this whole thing. So I'll be interested to see how that, how that comes out. But, you know, I think that he's in trouble, and rightly so, because if it was any one of us that did that, I mean, think about it. You know, anytime you take a concealed carry class or any type of firearms class, you know, it seems like the one thing that they always say that's in every class is you are responsible for every round that comes out of that gun. Wherever it ends up, you're going to be responsible for it. And that's no different for him than it is from us. The only difference is if it was one of us, we'd probably already be, you know, doing some time by now.
1: You know, it's interesting. Somebody put in the chat, if it was James Woods in a blue state, he'd already be in jail by now. Uh, and and sadly, that's probably a true statement. All right, Neil, I'm going to go. Let's get a little political here. New York Times, I'm going to quote something from the New York Times <laughs> regarding Illinois. Yeah, I know. It's laughable, right? Uh, my favorite liberal rag. I, I opened up the show talking with Mr. Gottlieb about this, guys. But as we all know, Illinois passed. A sweeping ban on, now this is the New York Times, a sweeping ban on high powered guns. Now come the lawsuits. And here's part of the quote from The New York Times two days ago. When Illinois legislators passed a far-reaching ban last week on selling certain high-powered guns and high-capacity magazines, the Democrats who run the state celebrated it as a life-saving law that would help prevent mass violence. But on Friday, in the law's first judicial test, a state judge in Effingham County temporarily blocked it from being enforced against hundreds of people and several gun dealers who sued. That number, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is over 800. Back to the New York Times. That ruling, a preliminary step in one of several legal tests the law is likely to face, come amid broad uncertainty about whether sweeping gun controls like those in Illinois can withstand judicial scrutiny following a Supreme Court decision in a New York case last year. Neil, as Mr. Gottlieb rightfully pointed out, the judge didn't make a decision on Bruin, but actually on the merits of the case. What I'm referring to here, as I was with Alan, is specifically what the New York Times just said. That this is broad uncertainty about whether con- gun controls like those in Illinois can withstand judicial scrutiny following the Supreme Court decision in Bruin in June. Does this law survive post-Bruin based on what you just heard from The New York Times and their thoughts? Yeah, I think that The New York Times knows that this thing
4: is, uh, is not going to survive, but it still sucks up a lot of energy. And a lot of resources and a lot of money and it grabs some headlines and it does. um, So in a way, it does what the Democrats intended to do.
1: That's interesting, Justin. I tend to agree with Neil. I do not believe in the long run these laws survive. And I believe the way The New York Times worded this senses to me that they get it, too, just as Neil pointed out. Do you think when this is said and done now, Stephen Gutowski from the reload thinks that we're going to see he was in agreement with me that we're likely going to see a case here quickly from the Supreme Court, not waiting the 10 years that we had to wait between McDonald and the and the Bruin case, for example, we're going to see something quick here. Do you think these gun controls like what we're seeing in Illinois fall?
5: Yeah, absolutely. The Brunner, this gun control law in Illinois cannot stand up against the Brunner test. So we know it's going to fall, and we know it's going to fall relatively quickly. I mean, the, the, the remarkable thing about this is that basically the Democrats are giving the big you know, middle finger to the Supreme Court.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And the, on, the only good thing which is coming out of it is that regular Americans can now see that Democrat, the Democratic Party wants to take their guns, and there's no question about it.
1: I'll leave it at that as we go to a break because I'm in complete agreement with you. It's something we've talked about on the program for many years. When they they tell you they don't want to take your guns, they want to protect the Second Amendment, we don't want to take your guns, they champion any law, signed legislation, or even thought of signed legislation that does just that and takes your guns they've never met a gun control bill that they didn't fawn all over one more segment left we're going to go to the pistol brace ruling from the aft when we come back don't go away
0: Sebastian Gorka letting you know that the Desperado Sport Fishing crew in Virginia Beach, Virginia, supports Armed American Radio and our right to bear arms. Now back to Mark Walters.
1: Ah, here we go. Final segment Armed American Radio's huge monster cast on hundreds of radio stations around the nation. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Alatoona, Pennsylvania, State College, Pennsylvania. It's up at Penn State center of the state up there, not too far from where Justin resides in Knoxville, Tennessee. Welcome to the broadcast. You join hundreds of radio stations around the nation on the Sig Sauer mic in the Car Firearms Group studios, all presented by X-Insurance. Please go out of your way to support our partners that make it possible to continue to grow the program and bring it to you every single day. We're going to get up and do this again tomorrow, too, because they don't want us to on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. So make sure you stay tuned. We appreciate you being here. Hope you're enjoying the program today as much as we're enjoying bringing it to you. Let's go to now the pistol brace ruling from the AFT. And I want to start with Justin Moon, who was at Shotgun. Justin, by any chance, did you happen to go to the compliance meeting that the ATF or AFT held at the show this year?
5: I mean, what's the point of going? We know how this is going to play out. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, good. Right. I'm glad you said it that way. How is this going to play out? That was my next question. What do you think this is going to, how do you think this is going to wind up?
5: The lawsuits are already being filed. Uh, you know, they're going to get their pants sued. And, you know, if they're already ruled on bump stocks, then the Bruner case is already out there. So we know how it's going to go. It's, it's, it's going to get uh, ruled unconstitutional. They're going to get smacked down. And probably the, the MAGA-20 in Congress are going, to, are going to propose legislation to eliminate the ATF, and I'll be clapping.
1: Getz has already done it. My follow-up question to you, Justin, is why did they go forward with this in light of the bump stock ruling? Is it just arrogance? What, what, is it Dettelbach? Why are they doing this? Who are they trying to appease, knowing what you just said is the likely outcome?
5: Hey, it must be the move of the Holy Spirit. The ATF just committed suicide.
6: Wow. Brad. Yeah, I mean, um, couldn't think of a more worthy organization for that type of ending. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of moving forward with the with the, the pistol brace uh, regulation, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is just kind of virtue signaling and grandstanding for, for the Democrat base. You know, say, hey, look, we're doing something, uh, look busy and, uh, you know, keep giving us money. Um, I don't think it stands. I I would be curious just from a a comedy standpoint to find out how many of these things actually end up getting registered. Uh, I feel like, you know, I've heard upwards, there could be upwards of 40 million of these things in circulation. I'm pretty sure they're not going to get anywhere close to that uh, registered. And, you know, I've actually been, you know, listening to some attorneys online, you know, kind of talking about this letter that was put out and raising some pretty significant legal questions about, You know, you could possibly put placing yourself in jeopardy of prosecution if you do register these things, because right now, if your background check takes more than 88 days to complete, Ah. they automatically deny you. But what you just did is admit to the ATF that you have a short-barreled rifle Ah. under definition, and it's not registered. So they could theoretically come after you at that point. So... You know, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do if you have a pistol brace, but, you know, do some research and think long and hard about it and be very careful what you tell the feds.
1: That 88 days that you mentioned is making its way around the Internet in big time circles today more than any before. Have I seen that? Neil McCabe, all of those questions to you. You know, Washington inside out. Why did they push forward with this in light of the bump stock ban? They had to know, as Justin pointed out, this is that this is going to be shut down. It likely does not survive. Brad's comments on the eighty eight days. And is this more proof that the agency has in fact been weaponized and they just simply are don't care about about making that clear now?
4: You know, well, they you know, they do have a man in the White House, and they also understand that while Republicans, up until we'll see what these guys do in the House, but you know Republicans tend to avoid conflict, right? They, they'll be they'll tell activists, "Hey, we, we just want to give the Democrats what they want. They want to get this off the table and move on to something else." Democrats understand that fights are fights energize the base, fights energize the donors, fights uh, you know force people to play on their field, and. They welcome the fight. And, you know, they've got every institution in America on their side, except for the Supreme Court. And so, uh, you know, why not fight it? And the more they fight over uh, this, the less they have to talk about, you know, what was found
1: in the garage next to the Corvette. Uh, OK, so now you're going where I'm going to fun- we're going to close out the show with that. That's going to be the fun part of the conversation. Justin, let's talk about what was found by the Corvette. And in two other locations now, that, of course, being top secret documents. Now we know, Justin, that the FBI was, in fact, involved in searching. Of course, they didn't kick in any doors and they didn't go in underwear drawers like they did with Melania Trump. And they didn't photograph what they found and put it out to everybody. More proof that the agency is weaponized against conservatives. How does all this shake down, Justin, just for funds and giggles?
5: Well, you know, if you look at if you if you look at the situation, I mean like the Biden Center was largely funded by the communist uh, Chinese. I mean, I don't have any more evidence than what's available in public information, but it seems to me obvious that you know that that location was a drop box for the Chinese CCP. and I wouldn't be surprised if his home was the same thing. I think they're using his home to divert attention from the Chinese Dropbox, which uh, Biden set up to enrich himself.
1: Uh, Brad, based on what you just heard from Justin, I can't argue with that. Do you think that we get any justice out of this, or does this just get swept under the rug by the mainstream media yet again, and then Trump's case kind of goes away too, because they just don't want to talk about it anymore, and it's just another way to change the narrative?
6: I mean, I think it's a little bit everything. I think Justin, you know, is definitely onto something, I think, that if, the Republicans, you know, if they kind of man up in, in the House and investigate this uh, with, you know, a, some intensity, uh, we might actually get a little bit clearer picture of the depth of the corruption of, of Joe Biden and his family, which we all know is uh, probably horrendous and is probably yeah, it's probably actually deep. a lot worse, a lot worse than we even imagine right now, uh, probably bordering yeah, on, on treason. So, you know, will we get justice? No, I think. I mean, my the thing that intrigues me about this whole thing is. The media is kind of covering it. We are hearing about it and it's not going away. Um, It's lasted through a couple of news cycles now. Um, It didn't have to come out. So, you know, I'm just wondering if if this is maybe some part of the Democrat Party just trying to to burn Joe Biden and move him out of the way in favor of maybe Gavin Newsom or someone else.
1: In 2024. Great point. That's a great point. Neil, I'll close out the hour with you based on what you just heard from Brad. Your thoughts on that. Yeah. You
4: know, well, here we go. I mean, we just have to see. We have to see how it plays out. I really like the idea that Matt Gates is uh, going to just file a bill to abolish, to abolish the ATF, and then by doing that, we kind of move it so that people have to play on our field, and uh, I'm tired of playing on their field.
1: All right, we'll close it out with that, guys. Fantastic hour, as usual, with the Roundtable. CEO of Lead Slingers, Brad Primo, thank you, brother, for your insight, your wit, and your wisdom. We appreciate it every single week. Neil McCabe from Parts Unknown and One American News Network, and we thank them for allowing you to bring your wit and wisdom to the show. And Justin Moon, always raucous, as always. Justin Moon, of course, is the CEO of Car Arms. Justin, I know you're still traveling back, so travel safe. Look forward to you getting home safe and sound in a couple days. We appreciate everything that you bring to the table every single week. Armed American Radio's daily defense will be here tomorrow in, and I love this, the SIG Sauer Studios on the Crossbreed Holsters, Mike. We are now in the Car Firearms Group Studios. All of this is being brought to you today and every day by the great X Insurance, a real insurance company. Support all of our partners that make these discussions possible. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you today. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, carry on, carry off, and carry absolutely everywhere. Never, ever, ever leave your cave without your club. No self-respecting caveman would have ever been caught outside his cave without his club. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.
2: You've just filled your prescription for
0: freedom with Mark Walters. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance.
2: On the Armed American Radio Network.